You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Wonderful. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. It is a joy uh, to be opening God's word for us today. And before we do so, we thought it might be some healing balm to do a this or that that doesn't involve any winning or losing. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Apart from for Debbie, who's very happy. It was quite funny, wasn't it? Debbie was right in the middle when you won that. Corinius, the only one. Well done. Fantastic. I'm actually going to preach on Corinius this morning. I'm joking. Wonderful. So we're going to play a this or that. It doesn't involve you standing all we're going to do is this or that is to find, get a glimpse of Christmas in your home, what you might like, what you might enjoy. So there's going to be some slides that come on the screen, and all you need to do is decide one or the other. So they'll be labeled one and two. If you think it's one for you, that's what does it best for you, then one hand in the air, two, two hands in the air. Does that make sense? Yeah, everyone clear? Wonderful. We get to get a glimpse what your favorite things are. So first one. To be honest, it's neither of these for me. Number one, Christmas jumper or Christmas pajamas? One, Christmas jumper. Two, Christmas pajamas. I don't know if you're just lazy because there's lots of Christmas jumpers here. People, some of you like nothing at all. Who standard jumper? Anyone? (laughs) Yeah, a few of us. (laughs) Quite a lot of people like Christmas PJs. Okay, number two. Playing games, this is Christmas Day, we're talking Christmas afternoon. Playing games or watching movies? One, two. What can we see? It's hard because actually all I see is just hands. <laughs> so I'm not going to be able to decide which way it goes. Love that. Now, this, this is actually, it has to be reality. Lots of us aspire to play games. I know in my household, we always aspire to play games on Christmas Day. We would, first five minutes of a game, my dad would be asleep instantly. Wherever you are, dad. We can make it today, maybe, dad. That would be beautiful. (laughs) Okay, third one. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, however you do it. Luxury hot chocolate. Or a standard cup of tea. Standard cup of tea. I'm all about a standard cup of tea. Wow, some of all hot chocolate pushing the boat out. Nice. If you just make it mainly with boiling water, definitely not. Got to be done with milk. Okay, we'll keep moving. Okay, carols, okay? Silent Night or Hark the Herald? Silent Night or Hark the Herald? You can't do two, I'm so sorry. This or that, you've got to decide. Two. Well, lots of Hark the Herald. Well, isn't it great that we sang? Yeah, well done, Mark. You knew, didn't you? Okay, f- number five. Christmas away or Christmas at home? Christmas away or Christmas at home. Mark would rather be in Jamaica. (laughs) That links to the next one. Interesting to see. Lots of us want to be at home for Christmas. Okay, number six. Christmas somewhere hot or Christmas somewhere cold? (laughs) I hear lots of noise over here. Some, Some like it cold, some like it hot. Coventry, you just get mild, don't you? Just just average. Yeah, not somewhere mild. <laughs> okay, number yeah, lukewarm. 
unfortunate, isn't it? Okay. Number seven, real tree or artificial tree or no tree at all. <laughs> Mark, I know that you're going to go for no tree. <laughs> real tree. Some people, artificial, just get it out of the box. Happy days. 27th down. Okay. Number eight, we've got three more. Go out for dinner or dinner cooked at home. Now, this might be very dependent on the role that you play in that too. Oh, lots of people dinner cooked at home. Give me a wave if you're cooking the dinner. Fantastic. If I see you sneak out to put the oven on, then the stewards will stop you. That's a joke. Number nine, you have to choose one or the other. Roast potatoes or rice? Hmm. And I thought it might be a challenge, but it's very, very clear. Okay, the final one. Now, I realize I made a mistake on this because there's not a vegetarian option, and I'm married to a vegetarian. But never mind. Roast turkey or roast beef? Oh. Please don't upset the person that's cooking with this option either. You would rather have something than nothing. Wonderful. Wow. Give yourselves a round of applause. Nice to get a glimpse there. I hope that whatever your day looks like, turkey or beef, that you have a beautiful day. It's so interesting, isn't it, in our society, in this day and age that we live in, and I think for many hundreds of years, people work really hard to create something magical or special at Christmas. That's true, right? We see it all around us. People work really hard through gift giving and decorations, twinkly lights and, and films and the, the notion of Santa and all that surrounds Christmas to create something extraordinary and magical and special. You even see it on adverts now. They try and make the mince pies look glorious. Just see them with magic around them. And people really long, and especially at Christmas time, to pull something extraordinary from the ordinary. And it's a whole season, and it's been, you know, of course, ramped up by retail and in pursuit of joy and wonder. And, and we see people longing to have an experience maybe that these things don't actually bring. And we could talk about why this is for a number of reasons, but I really believe that at the heart of it, while millions of people have deviated from today being a day of worship, as it originally was, and I believe should be, that Christmas right at its heart is supernatural. Christmas is extraordinary. Christmas is the time when truly something incredible, something mind-blowing, something completely, literally out of this world happened. And so we have a society and a people longing for, to satisfy a need and a desire in their heart that nothing in this world could ever fill, and yet we're running hard after it. And we believe that there's something magical and something beautiful, something of hope will be stirred, and yet when the decorations all go down in January, it feels like it can just go away with them. But I believe this is not the way that it was designed to be. You know, our society is starving deep down, us included for something beyond the natural. 
but we rarely admit it, and we don't really know why, often time, and yet Christmas kind of brings some of this to the surface. And the true events of Christmas were mind-blowing and have the biggest implications for us today on the 25th of December, 2022. That has an impact and an influence on our day-to-day. And to help us see this a little more clearly, I'm going to turn to John and read how he explains what happened when Jesus came. I don't think there's any better words than this. And we're going to read all 18 verses. And to help us stay awake, I'm going to invite us one more time to stand as we read God's word so we don't zone out. These might be familiar to many, but I just encourage you just to see the beauty and profoundness of what John talks about here. So it's going to come on the screen behind me as well. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's writing this. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was In the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Wow. Incredible. Why don't we take our seats as I just take a few moments to consider these verses together. What then is so supernatural, so incredible, so mind-blowing about Christmas, it's that we particularly remember today that the Word became flesh. Jesus, the eternal Word, made his dwelling among us. And if you are taking notes today, my title is simply that, the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. What a profound statement this is. Something, if you've been in church for some time, could easily wash over you. But guys, this is incredible. As I've been sitting on this word, my excitement coming up to Christmas has been different than ever before. As I consider the truth of these verses. What does this statement mean for us? And what does it really mean that the word became flesh? Firstly, 
I want us to see really simply this immense truth that God became human. God became human. John writes, no one has ever seen God, but the one and, uh, but the one and only Son who is himself God as in, and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. What do we see from this verse? Jesus is himself God. When John describes Jesus at the start of these verses, he describes him as the Word. He echoes the narrative of Genesis. He says, in the beginning. What is John trying to do here? Well, I think it's absolutely amazing that this man that was with Jesus and walked with Jesus, he's trying to give us in a couple of verses what it took him three years to realize. That the man that he walked with was in fact the creator of the universe. That Jesus himself was fully man and yet fully God. He wants us to know that this Jesus, he is the eternal one. That he was not created, but he is the creator. That this Jesus that we sing about today, he is God. I want us to read this from Augustine, who was a North African theologian and philosopher. I think this is beautiful. He says this. It's going to come on the screen as well, so you can just consider these words. It says this of Jesus. He so loved us. For our sake, he was made man in time. Although through him all times were made. He was made man who made man. He was created of a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. He cried in the manger in wordless infancy. He the word without whom all human eloquence is mute. I pray by the grace of God that we might understand the impact and the incredible truth that God himself came to earth. 2,000 years ago, God, our creator, the almighty one, the one who is alpha and omega before time, before all things, he came and stepped into time, stepped into earth. And that's what we celebrate today, that Jesus came for us. And why did he come? Jesus came to save us from our sins. This Jesus, it says in the verses that he came, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This word for dwelt in the Greek is this picture of to pitch a tent. And when we think of that, I don't want us to think of something that's temporary. That's not the heart behind what John was saying. What he's saying is he's not coming that he might be set away in a palace distant and far from people. He's come to dwell. He has come to be close. He has come to have intimacy. God, the creator of all things, the one that holds us and knows us. God the Son became human. He stepped right down into our mess to save us and redeem us and show us what he is like. Jesus, when we read then through John's narrative and the other Gospels, we get to see what God is like. How beautiful is that? And what is he like? Well, he's, he's full of grace and truth. He cares passionately about those who are lost and broken in society. He came to seek and he came to save the lost. He's in the business of redeeming people. He's in the business of lifting up broken lives and placing dignity on people without it. He comes and he places value on people that feel no value or no worth. 
He's the liberator who sets people free from the bondage of sin. Has anyone experienced this Jesus in their lives? I know I have. When Jesus came, when God became human, the kingdom came. The blind received their sight, the lame walked, the deaf heard, and those who believed in him were forgiven. This is Jesus. This is why we rejoice today. The kingdom came. Jesus, the word, became flesh. And the light and the life came into the world. John writes this, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, this is beautiful. Throughout the book of John, we see these themes of light and life going hand in hand so often. And the reason that I have not just put light and life is because John makes it very clear that Jesus is the light and the life. That if we want to know light, if we want to know life, then we have to know Jesus. And what's really important to read from these verses is there's an important truth here to understand that when the Word became flesh and God became human, God the Son became human, He stepped into darkness. He stepped into a place where the sting of death was very real because of the curse of sin. He came to a world of injustice, unfairness, cynicism, and sin. And the world has been dark with sin and pain since the fall. And it's really important that we do not close our eyes to the reality that there is darkness around us. And you might be sat here today and you are very aware of the darkness that is here. You might be here in the midst of grief. You might be here in the midst of heartbreak. And for each and every one of us, we must not close our eyes and pretend that it's light or assume that we can make it light. That's not what the real Christmas is about. That's not what the word becoming flesh did. It's not to just brush over the darkness. Jesus came as the light. There is good news because Jesus wants to step right into your pain, right where you are, right into your darkness. And the truth is that the darkness will not overcome the light. That the most amazing hope comes at Christmas. Why? Because the light and the life has come. You don't have to hang your hope on a tree and then pack it away in January, but there is hope of light and life in darkness that remains always. A life that will remain in this one and the life to come. Can I invite Daniel to just come as, as I come to a close? You see, John tells us the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus, the light came. Later on in John, he says, really clearly, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And it's profound and it is beautiful. The light and the life has come and conquered. This is the good news and great joy in the midst of darkness and in the midst of suffering. I don't want you to go back home and have to pretend that things are all well and all good. Jesus didn't come in. He didn't pretend that. He came because darkness covered the earth. Thick and great darkness. 
Apart from Jesus, no light and no life. But when he came, when he came, you see, Jesus came and he was born and we rejoice in that today. But he lived a life and he grew up. And then he was crucified on the cross, his body broken and his blood poured out so that the wrath of God was fully satisfied. That my debt for the darkness and your debt for the darkness was completely paid. That our price was paid in full, amen? That because of Jesus, we might have life. And then on the third day, he was raised to life. This Jesus, the light and the life. He rose, he reigns, and he is coming again, church. This is our Jesus. We don't worship a baby. We worship a risen Savior. Because Jesus came and because he came to save, because he is the everlasting God, the one who has taken away the sins of the world, because the word became flesh, you have a choice. And I have a choice today. And I wouldn't want to go home today not doing what God has put on my heart, justice. And I, I really believe that there are a number of us in this place today that need to make a choice, that need to make a decision. You see, John writes in verses 12 and 13, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. You see here, really clearly, you're not children of God by default. You become a child of God when you receive him and make a decision to put your trust in Jesus. And what is the choice then for us? I think it's really stark, but it's really simple. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, if Jesus is the light and he is the life, then we have a choice between light and darkness. We have a choice between truth and grace and the fullness of it and the life that comes with it. Or we can walk in deception and we can expect judgment. We can walk as children of God because we've chosen to receive him. Or the Bible makes clear that we can walk as enemies of God. We can choose life today in Jesus. Life eternally. Life with him in his presence forevermore. Life in a moment where he will wipe every tear from your eye. Life where there is no more suffering because there is an eternal hope where we can choose death. Because Jesus came to save us from our sins and he came to save you and he came to save me. And so my question is, will you say yes to him? Whether for the hundredth time or for the first time today, to say yes to Jesus this Christmas day. Don't let this be a moment of inconvenience to stop you getting to your festivities because let me tell you, they will come up empty by the time you get to January the 5th. Life begins again. But the true gift and the true hope of Christmas, he comes and he stays. Emmanuel, he stays. Can I invite us to stand as I invite the band to come? This Christmas, he wants to pour out his light and his life on your heart. He wants to come that you might know joy. He wants to come that you might know grace and life. But I can't make that decision for you because each one of us, we have a choice. Say, Jesus, I want you to make home in my heart. So I'm going to just invite us to close our eyes for a moment.
And maybe today you know that you've lived trying to stir up something of the magic and life of Christmas, but you're getting a bit disillusioned. Maybe you feel far from God and you know that actually you need the light and the life that is in him. You need his forgiveness. You need the Savior Jesus. Then I'm going to invite you. I'm not going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to invite you to make a decision to say, I want to come at the end. I want to talk to someone because I need to get right with God. I want you to be bold to say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. If that's you, then at the connect point at the end, we'll be there and we can pass you some material. We'd love to pray with you. But for all of us, I'm going to just lead us in a prayer. If you're a follower of Jesus here today too, I'm just going to take a moment to invite the Lord afresh. So why don't we position ourselves to open our hearts once again. Lord, thank you that the word became flesh. Thank you that you came to dwell, to make tabernacle, to be close and intimate with us. And Jesus, we praise you because only you are the light. Only you are the life. And Jesus, we want to be found in you. We praise you because you are a beautiful savior. We honor you. We magnify you in this place today. Jesus, we declare that you are Lord, that you are the living God. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not remain in the manger, but thank you, oh God, that you gave your life for us, that your blood was poured out and your body broken. And so, Lord, we rejoice in you today. We bless you and we praise you. And Lord, as we come now, as we worship you, Lord, would we rejoice knowing that all of heaven sings today the glories of our God. And may we sync up with the sound of heaven today. So, Lord, we bless you. And we honor you. We pray in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just invite us before the band begin to lead us. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, to just pour something out of your own praise to God. To just close your eyes if it helps you and just focus on the King. Say, thank you that you're my life. Thank you that you're my life. Whether we're here in the room or upstairs or online, to say, Jesus, you're my light. You're my life. To not be thinking about what's ahead for the rest of the day, but to praise Him to take this opportunity to say, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, I honor you.